0: Good evening, it's good to have you here at BFC. Uh, let's get into the Word of God. Uh, we've been talking about the authority of the believer. And so this is just another installment of that subject matter. Obviously, you could, you could speak on this matter and this subject for a whole year and still not get as much out there that you would like to. But we'll get us a foundation. Uh, let's go ahead and release our faith and believe God for utterance. And let's believe, God, that we have ears to hear. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for this opportunity to to hear the Word of God. Lord, we believe that the Bible is your book, and so when we read from Scripture, Lord, we know that you are speaking to us. We thank you for giving us an understanding of these unseen kingdoms that are around us on the earth. We know that we have the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. and, And, Lord, it's up to us to learn how to operate in that unseen realm so that we're not taken advantage of by darkness, and that we can walk in the light. We thank you for utterance tonight, we thank you for ears that hear, and we thank you that you are speaking to us and helping us. In Jesus' name, amen. Go on over to Colossians, and uh, we'll start there tonight. And I just want you to see from Scripture that there are, are indeed two spiritual kingdoms all around us. And here in Colossians chapter 1, uh, let's begin in verse 12. We're admonished here in the 12th verse to give thanks unto the Father. And in the King James it says, which has made us meet. Uh, That word meet really means qualified. We've been made qualified to be a, a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light. How many of you know that uh, as believers, God has given us an inheritance? Amen. I'm sure some of you, uh, you know, have experienced, uh, if not yourself, others you know, that had a rich relative pass away and they left them an inheritance. And that's all good and well, but we have a better inheritance. Amen. We have an inheritance that's given to us by God through Jesus Christ. Amen. And what an inheritance that is. And that inheritance doesn't just bless us here while, while we're on the earth. We're going to live in the light and the, and, the, and the wondrous grace of that inheritance for all eternity. And so what a tremendous inheritance that is. It goes on to say in verse 13 that you and I have been delivered because of Jesus from the power, and I think it's better uh, translated authority, of darkness. Now, we've been trans or delivered from this kingdom of darkness by virtue of a spiritual birth. Remember, Jesus told us in John chapter 3, he says that that every individual on the earth, all of humanity, must be born again. And he was talking about a spiritual birth. When you and I receive Jesus as our Savior, and that's to, not only to believe in who he is and what he did for us, but to open the door of our heart and accept him into our life. When we did that, the Holy Spirit came in us and we experienced a spiritual birth. And this is what's happening with this being delivered from darkness. Being delivered from darkness is by virtue of being born into a new kingdom. Now understand that this is a spiritual birth, so the outer man, you'll see no change at all right? And your mind is unchanged. Because Jesus was very clear. He says that that which is born of the flesh is flesh. We've all experienced that, right? We got our our flesh and bone body from our natural parents. But he says that that which is born of the spirit is spiritual. So really, this is where a lot of people get confused. They, they receive the Lord. They, they, they're gloriously delivered from darkness. They've been born into the kingdom of light. And, and they feel great for a couple of weeks. You know, they're on this emotional high. You know, I'm on my way to heaven. I'm forgiven. I'm in right standing with God. But then everything, not everything, but most things begin to seem the same. They, they, they have the same thought patterns. They, they have the same desires of their outer man. Right? And, and then they, they begin to the question, you know, well, did I really get saved? Well, yes, you did. No, yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. But, you, but you see, you know, being born into God's kingdom is just going through the doorway. There's much more that we have to do on our part to renew our mind and to, and to begin thinking like God. There is a divine progression. How you think... Determines on how you believe Amen. Come on. and how you believe determines on how you behave What religion does is they try and do it in reverse Religion tries to get you to change your behavior mm, yeah. And therefore you'll change who you are on the inside they they preach <laughs> Good works is the way to God yeah. am, I, am I alone tonight? You, you, you know that right? You can understand that, that, that all of religion and Christianity is not a religion. All of the religions of this world, I don't care what religion it is, they're trying to tell you that your behavior is what gives you a relationship with God. So they're trying to work from the outside in. Christianity, which is not a religion, Christianity is a relationship. We are children of the living God. Yeah, We're born that way. Yeah. Just like you, your parents will always be your parents. Amen. Just take a DNA test, right? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And that doesn't change because of your behavior. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Amen. Amen. I, I mean, my mom wanted to disown me. But, uh, you know, because I was a rascal growing up, you can just imagine. But uh, just understand that regardless of my behavior, legally, I was always her son, right? And it's the same way in Christianity. You've been born into his kingdom, right? You are now his offspring, his children, by virtue of that birth. And your behavior can't change that. And your behavior can't make... Your relationship with Him any better? Come on, yes, Hallelujah. So, religion tries to get us to change ourselves on the outside with our behavior, and that's what makes us right with God. It's just the opposite in our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We get brand new on the inside, and then as we develop spiritually, as we begin to mature spiritually. Then we begin to change the way that we think. Therefore, we change the way that we believe, and therefore our behavior starts to change. Amen. Amen. My behavior every year has grown closer and closer to the way God does things. Woo-hoo. Come on, that's good. Oh, yes. Only because I'm growing spiritually through the food He's given me, the Word of God. Amen. And that's called the, the, uh, the act of sanctification, causing the outer man to reflect what we have on the inner man. Amen. So, by virtue of this new birth, we have been delivered from this kingdom of darkness. Those entanglements legally now are completely severed and broken. And then it says... We are not just delivered from darkness, but we're translated. He's translated us where? Into the kingdom. Remember, we're talking about two spiritual kingdoms. Kingdom of darkness, kingdom of light, or the kingdom of his dear son. Right? It says we're delivered into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, for the last several weeks... Please don't ask me to tell you how many weeks it's been. Only Sharon knows that. I I I I I don't I don't know that. She'll take notes and remember everything and me not so much. We we discussed <laughs> what we've done is that we've broken down these two kingdoms. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. We found out who Who is the king of each of these kingdoms, who the residents are of these kingdoms, who the servants are, what the governmental system or rank and file is of these and what is the the agenda and plan and purposes of these two kingdoms. So we've already finished the kingdom of darkness. Right. We, we, We got that done. And so now we're going into the kingdom of light. We're going into this kingdom that you and I were born into as we just described. So this is talking about us. We're now citizens of this kingdom of light. So who do you suppose is the king of this kingdom of light? You got it. It's Jesus. He is the, the uh King over the kingdom of life, because doesn't it say that we've been born into the kingdom of his dear son in Colossians 1.13? Amen. So this is, you know, Jesus is now our king. Right? We're submitted to to Jesus, right? Don't get too excited tonight. Just don't. You're you're getting way too amped up. Okay. We're, We're, as Christians... As disciples, what are we doing? We're following Jesus. That's what a disciple does. He's following the example, following of what Jesus has said and, and, and gave us instructions on what to do. Amen? And so Jesus is our kingdom. We just saw that in verse 13, the kingdom of his dear son. Also look over in Philippians chapter 2. You got Colossians right there, right? So, go to your left, I believe, just one book. You'll run into Philippians and go to chapter 2. Yes. Philippians 2 9. It says, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him, him being Jesus. Now, how did God exalt Jesus? Understand that the exaltation or the exalting of Jesus came by virtue of his resurrection. Mm, Right? When when he was in hell paying the price that we owed, through his resurrection, that's how God exalted Jesus. All right? He highly exalted him. Lost my place. And notice it says, in that resurrection, he gave him a name. The name of Jesus, which is above what? Every name. Notice that it says it's above every name is because of the resurrection. Jesus completely obliviated and dethroned Satan and his kingdom in our behalf. He didn't have to do it for himself. He's already God. But he did it as a man and representing us, a God-man. And through his resurrection, he defeated and dethroned the devil and put us over that kingdom. And it's that authority and that position over that kingdom is now through Jesus, and many times it's through his name. Right? I mean, what did we do to be delivered from darkness? We had to confess Jesus as Lord. It tells us over in Acts that God has given us a name whereby we must be saved. That's the name of Jesus. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it's that name that that delivered us from darkness when we called upon it to be saved and then brought us into his kingdom by virtue of that birth. It says that at the name, verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And and that means whether there are things that are in in heaven or in the spiritual realm, uh, those things uh, that are in the earth or the physical realm. And not only that, (laughs) those things that are under the earth, well, who's under the earth besides oil? You know, what's, what's under the earth? Well, that's where the kingdom, that's where hell is. H E double hockey sticks. Right? Yes, sir. <laughs> your authority in that name extends even into that realm. Amen. Amen. Telling you that, that all that the devil is and all that his kingdom is about is, has been put under your feet and it's subject unto you through that name. I'm glad one person's excited Amen. here tonight. Hallelujah. I don't know why we don't serve coffee on Sunday night to keep us amped up, right? And so, Amen. verse 11 then says, and that every tongue should confess. Amen. There's the new birth. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Of God the Father. Okay, so Jesus is the King of the Kingdom of Light, the Kingdom of God on the earth. And so, who are the residents of this kingdom? Ta-da! We are, right? Hey, us. <laughs> We're the ones who live in that kingdom. In fact, the whole kingdom is really for us. Praise the Lord. We, we already saw that we're the residents when we read Colossians 1, 13 and 14, right? Or 12 through 14. That, that we were delivered and then translated into his kingdom. So obviously you and I, we are the residents of this kingdom on the earth. Now also notice that being born into this kingdom... And reflecting on what it said in the 12th verse of Colossians, remember where it says that we have an inheritance. Amen. Yes. Now, understand that an inheritance is something that's bestowed upon you Amen. without you earning it. Jesus. Or, could I say, Fine. without us deserving it. Yes. Right? Yes. When, when my grandmother, you know, went home and left this earth, she left you know, her last will and testament, and there was a portion of her uh, estate that went to me, right, as being, you know, one of her grandchildren, right, or grandchild, or, you know, she was my grandmommy, I'm the grandkid, right, and so I got a portion. Well, how many of you know that I didn't earn that? Remember, I told you I was a rascal, right? I certainly didn't earn that. And nor did I deserve it. Yeah, you messed up the banister. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a time where she had this, uh, she had a beautiful home that actually went through the Civil War. And it not only had a basement, then it had the main floor, and then a second floor, and then an attic. And all the way from the attic was this banister that went across the attic and down to the second floor, and then continued on the second floor to the next stairs, and then down that stairs all the way to the first floor. And so me, in in all my wisdom and excitement and being a little kid, I decided that that banister needed to be rode like a horse. And so I walked up the steps up to the second story. And again, this banister, I mean, you could look at the bottom and look up, and see the attic from the first floor because that stairway just went (laughs) up to the top. So I got up at the top of the second floor and I climbed up on that banister and I slid down it all the way down to the first floor. Didn't realize I had a belt on (laughs) And I left a scratch from the top of the banister all the way to the bottom. And when George found out about it, when my grandmother's husband found out about it, he was going to tan my hide. Amen. And yet I got an inheritance that I didn't earn. I got an inheritance that I did not deserve. Amen. Let's look at that over here in 2nd Peter. It was a fun ride. I'm going I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> that was one steep set of stairs coming down. Second Peter. Yeah, Second Peter, and uh, let's look at verse, or excuse me, chapter one and verse two. Now we uh, we understand that we have an inheritance, and it says grace. And peace be multiplied unto you. Well, that, how many of you would like to have grace and peace multiplied to you? Well, it tells us how to have it multiplied to you. It says, through the knowledge of God and through the knowledge of Jesus our Lord. Amen. That really is telling us that grace and peace is multiplied. To us through the knowledge of his book. That's why you guys are brilliant for being here tonight because you're putting yourself under the sound of his voice every time we read the Word of God and that increases your knowledge of him and what he's given you through Jesus Christ, therefore you now are a a reciprocant. I just said that wrong twice. You become a partaker. There you go. I just switched words. See how I did that? That was smooth as butter. That way we now qualify to have grace and peace multiplied unto us. Now look at verse 3. According as his divine power hath... Now, what tense is that verb? It's it's past tense. See, a lot of people, because of a lack of knowledge of God's kingdom, they're waiting for God to do something for them, or they're waiting for God to provide something to them. Right? But this tells me that he's already given to me. We need to get that mindset. This is one thing that Christianity has, has done. Um, they have misled Christians through religious or traditional teaching that God is in complete control. And so you just need to sit, sit back and either enjoy or, you know, bite on a stick. You know, because things could go either way. Because you never know what God's going to do. That's, that's not what the Bible teaches. Amen? Actually, God has put us in control through our liberty or freedom of choice. We are free moral agents. And God isn't, as, isn't in, in as much control as a lot of people would tell us. A lot of things God have, has left up to you and I. I mean, for example, the most important thing that he left up to us was salvation. God has already made provision for every individual born on this earth to be saved. Because it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Well, he's already given us Jesus. Right? Salvation has been given to every individual. Now, that's the legal God side of that. But just because God has given us something doesn't mean that we automatically have it. All that he's given, all that has already been given to you and I through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ has to be procured or received by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. Amen. 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 So right here it says that according to his divine power, he hath, past tense, already given unto us, what? All things... What are these all things? All things that pertain unto life and godliness. Didn't Jesus come to give us life? I have come, John 10, 10. I have come that that you might have life and have that life more abundantly. Well, according to this verse of Scripture, Jesus has already given us life. Now, how do I receive it then? I'm glad you asked. It says that you receive these through what? The knowledge of Him. Amen. Again, that's why we attend church, to hear His Word. That's why we read the Bible at home. That's why we listen to sermons at home. Because we're gaining knowledge of what He's given us so that we can receive them by faith. So He's given us these things through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and to virtue. Verse 4. Whereby are given unto us, what? Exceeding great and precious promises. And by these promises, you might be a partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world Through lust, or desires. All right? So, you and I can partake of our inheritance now. I said, you and I can partake of our inheritance now. We're not just waiting for the sweet by and by. How many hymns did people sing in church for centuries, you know, until I get to heaven, you know? All I need is some, like, little cabin in the corner of heaven. Well... Everything is pushed to the future. We can have it now. We can have life now. We can have health now. We can have longevity now. We can have peace now. We can have purpose now. We can have joy now. Right? It's all part of the package. It's all part of the inheritance. But just like anytime someone leaves us an inheritance, we have to read the will to find out what was given to us. Well, that's why they call the New Testament the New Testament. (laughs) It's the testament of what he has left us. This is our inheritance. This tells us the promises that are already been given to us so that we can receive them. Now, this kind of reminds me of a story this, this, you know, this story is over 100 years old. And it took place in, in the U.K, in England, and there was this butler, and he served this family his entire life. And he served one of the, the men of this family all his life. So he lived in the house, he ate at the house. he had all his provisions because he was in this house. And he served this man he called his master for all his life well uh, this this man in whom he was serving was older than him and then one day he died well uh, so he had to leave that house he had to leave the mansion and he just went to kind of a shabby little apartment somewhere in the city to live he no longer had any income he just kind of had to go from, you know, meal to meal and, 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 and just, you know, kind of take odd jobs, I suppose, to, to make a living for himself. And one day someone comes, you know, knocking at the door. And so he opens the door and he receives this, this, uh, this document in, you know, by courier. And so, you know, he sees that it's from the estate of the man he served and he opened it up and there was this, this document inside him. And it was just, you know, just beautiful, you know, handwritten, you know, on real fancy paper, and it had, you know, a seal on it and signatures, and he he was just so excited and so pleased that his master thought of him in his death and gave him this document to represent how he served him all his life. And so he was just so proud of it, you know, he found a frame and, and, and he hung it up on his wall. And so every time somebody would come to visit, you know, he made sure that the visitor would see this document. Look what my, my, my master, this man I served all my life, look what he gave me. Isn't it awesome? Here's his signature right here. Isn't that something? And here's my name right here. And so, you know, time went by. And, and finally, someone comes to the house. And of course, he goes over and the man shows him this document. And this visitor says, well, do you know what this is? He goes, yeah, it's a document from the man I served all my life. Isn't it awesome? And he goes, no, 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 no. Do you know what this document represents? And he goes, well, no. I just thought it was a tribute to the service I gave this, this man. He says, no. No. This is a document that has made you a, a legal recipient of part of his estate. And he left you, you know, a room in his mansion. He left you, a, you know, a, a, you know a, a, an allowance. And these possessions, and he starts telling them all the things that this man had left him. He says, you know, you know you don't have to live in this shabby apartment. You know you don't have to be eating, you know, ramen noodles (laughs) At at 25 cents a pop, right? You know, you don't have to be wearing those worn out clothes anymore. And sometimes I wonder if this story is kind of like you and I. Oh, the Bible. I just love it. It's so awesome. It's written to me. Come look at my Bible. I got a Thompson Chain version. I even got this imitation lever cover for it, you know? You know, it's so cool. Oh, he wrote it to me! But do I really know what this is? Do I really understand what this represents? This has been signed by Jesus Christ with his blood. Amen. Amen. And that he has said, the eternal God has said, this, this, and this is yours. Amen. Come on. That's good. Or as we just read in Peter, that exceeding great provision of blessing that is already ours he hath blessed us Amen. see we got to take it off the wall come on we got to get it into our heart we got to believe it and then lift it up to him and say you said this Amen. and so now i receive what you have given according to your word by faith i take it and say it's mine and then that steers our life in the direction of that, and we receive it. Amen. Amen. You know, we, we don't have to just barely get, get by. He's given us all these precious and exceeding promises that are ours. We, we just need to get off our blessed assurance. Right? You know what the blessed assurance is? Right. We, we just need to get off our blessed assurance and, and find out what's ours and pursue them and receive them as he helps us as we grow in him. Amen. So what is one thing that you and I have? Well, first and foremost, we've been delivered from Satan's authority. There's really three keynote areas that you and I have been delivered from. And there's three keynote things that we have been given through Christ. So number one, let's look at it this way. Go to Galatians. We give you scripture. I'm going to capsulize our inheritance right now. Amen. You ready for that? I am. I want to know what it is. Come on. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Let's see what we've been redeemed from. And let's see the blessing that has been given to us. All right? Now, here in Galatians chapter 3... And this should be all highlighted and stars and bells and whistles around this verse in your Bible. And if you can't mark up your Bible with a highlighter, then you need to get a Bible you can. Right? Because every time you mark it up and you open it to that place again, you'll come right back to the moment of time in your heart and recognize when you saw it for the first time. Now look at this. Galatians 3.13. Galatians chapter... Three, verse 13, it says that Christ hath. Oh, there's that hath word again. Hath. Notice it doesn't say Christ is gonna. It doesn't say Christ might. It doesn't say Christ, you know, maybe. It doesn't, doesn't say Christ, uh, you know, if you're good enough. No, it says that he's done something already for you. Amen. What have you done, Jesus? He hath redeemed us. Now that word "redeem" just simply means to buy back. Amen. Right. If I if I go to the pawn shop and I pawn something, right? You know, I get a little ticket, I guess. And uh, you know, if I want to redeem that item. I have to go back and pay for it, and then I get the item back. I just redeemed it. Well, you and I were lost in our trespasses and sins, and we had a debt that we owed, and we couldn't pay it because we didn't have the resources of heaven to pay the debt that we owed. All we had were natural, earthly possessions, and they were not... Sufficient to pay the price. That's why we can't earn through good works our salvation because they're all earthly. That's why God had to come as a man. So he brought the resources of heaven to pay our debt. And that resource that he brought was his blood. So Christ hath bought us back. He purchased you and I with his blood. The blood of God. Right? That's why the Messiah had to be 100% God in order to have the price to pay for our redemption, but he also had to be 100% man to represent us. And plus... He had to be a man because that's the only legal entrance to the earth. You have to be born here. See, the devil came illegally. And the only way he got in was because Adam, who had dominion over the earth, sinned and really made the devil his lord by obeying him and disobeying God. And that's how he got here. That's why the devil was so confused with Jesus. How does this man kick my butt? How does he cast out my servants, these devils? How does he, how's he heal people? How does he raise the dead? He's a man. Yeah, he was a man. But he was also God. Amen. So Christ hath purchased us, redeemed us. He bought us back with his precious blood. That redemption delivered us from the curse of the law. Now, the curse is threefold. So I'm breaking down very generically the three main points of our inheritance, obviously also encompassing what we've been delivered from. Now, the curse was threefold. The curse was, number one, spiritual death. What is spiritual death? Spiritual death is just simply being separated from God spiritually. When when Adam was placed on this earth, his spirit, because it came from God, you can see that, that God breathed into Adam the breath of life and he became a living soul. His spirit was in perfect communication with God. He was in right standing with God. But then when he fell fell prey to the devil's device in the garden and he he rebelled against what God told him to do and disobeyed God and then accepted what Satan said and obeyed Satan, he died spiritually. He still was going to live forever because every spirit does. But... He was separated from God. Remember when God came back into the garden? What did God say? Adam, where are you? Where'd you go? Why? He sinned and was separated from God. So first and foremost, the curse of the law is spiritual separation from God. And all have sinned or all have been separated from God and fall short of his glory. It's not as much about behavior as it is about the condition of your heart. That's why we we don't know down here who's going to be in heaven for the most part and who's not. Mm -hmm. Because we can't see their spirit and we can't judge by their behavior whether they're going to heaven or not. You can't see whether they've been born again or not. We got a pretty good idea because you can tell, you know, who's following God and and, and who is pretending to follow God. Right? So... Spiritual death. The second curse of the law is sickness. When Jesus hung on the cross, he not only became sin for us, he not only was separated from God in our trespasses and sins, but he also became sick. Himself took our infirmities, and bared our sicknesses. That, that becoming that and bearing that was on the cross. God placed it on him. Because he was representing you and I. So he took our curse. He took our separation from God. He took our sickness. And number three, the third curse was, and wait for it, it's poverty. Poverty. it says over in, I think it's 2 Corinthians 8, it says that you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, he became poor. That you, through his poverty, might be rich. What are those three curses? Spiritual death, sickness, physical sickness and poverty. Did you notice that in the ministry of Jesus where his three emphases were? He forgave people. He healed people. And he did a m- a bunch of provisional miracles. The very first miracle he did was provisional. He turned water into wine. How about the ships that he about sunk because all the fish that they caught? What about the kid with the Happy Meal? Right? That he fed over 5,000 people. That just said 5,000 men. Who knows how many women and children were there. And yet they had 12 baskets left over. How about, you know, Peter coming to him and saying, Hey, we got to pay the man. We owe taxes. And Jesus said, Well, go fishing and he caught the fish with the gold coin in it. All provisional. I said all provisional. When you start looking, you start seeing these things. But he was showing you and I that he was bearing away the curse. Now it says that Christ hath, you still with me in in Galatians 3.13? Christ hath redeemed me it makes a difference when you make the Bible personal. Yes, it does. It's, it, I mean, it's it's nice. It says "us." That's humanity. But you know, I'm a part of the human race. So if it's if it's us, it's also me. Amen. I like to read John three sixteen like that. For God so loved Bruce that he gave his only begotten Son. Doesn't that change that verse? Yeah. I know it doesn't for you, but it does for me. <laughs> Right? If we put your name in there, it would change it for you, right? And really, a lot of times, that's what we have to do to make it become real to us. Real to us. So it says here that Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law, being made a curse for me. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree or hangeth on a cross. So he bared the the curse, right? So if he took it away, what did he give us in place of it? Verse 14, that the blessing, everybody say the blessing, That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. How? Through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise or the inheritance of the Spirit. How? Because God's just going to give it to you for doing nothing. No, it says through faith true faith. See, faith is a mechanism to receive what God has provided with our heart. In the same way we receive salvation is the same way we receive healing. The same way we receive prosperity is the same way we receive salvation. You are as healed as you are saved. You are as prosperous as you are saved. The same price he paid for salvation encompassed all three of those. Yeah. Amen. 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 And it's that reality, but it's up to us to receive. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So our inheritance has to do with being redeemed from those three areas and now having that blessing upon us. Praise God. You know, we're, we're not just delivered from that sin nature, but we're also delivered from that behavior of sin. Amen. How many of you know that, that sin nature has fruit? Well, you're delivered from it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Now, your body may want to do some things that are wrong because it still has a fallen nature in it. Come on. You know, our bodies are just like a farm animal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny, it's true. I mean, I can take my beautiful little black dog and get him all shampooed up and all, you know, you know, smelling good and get him all brushed out. And then I'll let him outside in the backyard. You know he's going to roll in something. Okay? You know why? He's, so he's a dog. He's a barn animal. Well, our flesh is the same way. Amen. Come on. It's going to want to do things that, that really aren't beneficial to us. But in your spirit, you're delivered from that behavior and you can take authority over it. You can tell your body, uh uh, honey, you ain't rolling in that. Come on, that's good. You're all clean on the inside. Let's not dirty up the outside. Amen. Year after year, you and I should see things that no longer have that much influence on us as they did. Right? Amen. And, 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 true, and the same is true about having an, an overflowing supply. That's what the blessing of Abraham is. Amen. Did you know that Abraham had so much stuff, livestock, you know, possessions, that his neighbors told him to leave town because he had too much stuff. Your cattle's eating all our grass. Your goats are eating all this. You, why don't you go somewhere else? Because the blessing of God was upon him. Amen. I told my wife today, or tonight as we were coming to church, I said, Our neighbors are going to ask us to move. They're going to ask us to move because we're just going to have too much stuff. You know? Amen. Now, and you understand that having a bunch of stuff isn't our goal. No, 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 no. That's not, that's, you know, that's just temporary. All the things of this. Prosperity is the lowest form of blessing. Because it has, it's, it's like milk. It has an expiration date on it. Yeah. Oh, wow. And healing is a temporary blessing because it it's like milk. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, those things that we enjoy on, on the inside. Okay. Right? Those things are Eternal. So that really needs to be number one. But you know, to fulfill God's uh, mandate upon us with the different responsibilities that he's given us, like to be a good husband to a beautiful wife, to, to be a loving father to my children, to be a good grandfather to those kids that wear me out. Um, <laughs> I and mean, you know that it takes provision to do that. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Right? Because oh, all the stuff down here wears out. We're constantly having to buy new clothes. We're constantly having to buy new cars. We're constantly having to do upkeep to our house, right? Because it's all in that realm of deterioration. So we got to have enough. Amen. Amen. If nothing else, just replenish that which is, you know, getting older, getting worn out. Amen? So don't ever look down on God's provision of prosperity. I know there's a lot of folks out there saying. Well, they talked about Abraham too. (laughs) But you know, he got the will of God accomplished. Amen. And and don't forget our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on. You realize that probably the biggest burr in the saddle of the Jews was that the offerings that were coming in. We're now going to Jesus. Did you ever think about that? (laughs) Now, you understand that all his disciples left their jobs. And back in that culture, the man brought home the bacon. Jesus had had to have enough resources to pay not only for you know, traveling from, you know, from each Hilton hotel to each Hilton hotel to pay for where they stayed every night and to feed everybody. Yeah. But he had to give them enough resources to send home. Yeah. Did you ever think about that? <laughs> we look at Jesus and we think that he just did everything, you know, and, you know, he just. No, he, he had, for goodness sake, he had a treasurer. Who was stealing money? And nobody knew it. Well, if you only have two dollars in the treasury and, and then you'll have one, you know somebody's taking something. But if you got so much it's hard to count, you don't miss what's being taken out. Amen. 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 Jesus did what he did because he had provision. Amen. Amen. So, it's all part of God's plan, but it all has to do with our attitude to that. Do I want to be healthy so I can, you know, go out and do stuff all the time and not go to church anymore? <laughs> Come on. Or do I want to be healthy that I can be a part of what God's doing on Amen. the earth? Amen. Does that make sense? Come on. Yes. Money's the same way. Amen. Sometimes too much stuff takes you Away from the things of God. Mm -hmm. I want to have enough money to keep me in doing what God wants me to do. Amen. 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 Well, I don't know how we got on that soapbox. All right, but it was good anyway. I said it was good anyway. I said it was good anyway. So who are the servants of the kingdom? Well, we're the residents, and and we do serve. You're absolutely right. But also, who's going to serve us to help us do what we're supposed to do? Right? Servants. Well, you guys know from a couple of weeks ago, we talked about angels. And Angela was here, which is angel with an A after it, (laughs) right? (laughs) She taught us about angels. And, And if you guys didn't see that service with Angela Keaton just uh, get onto our Facebook page and watch the video. That was the most excellent one-time service on the subject of angels. It's hard to put that much information into one service about one subject, and Angela, you know, she hit it out of the park. So you might want to check that out and look at that. It'll bless you. But you know, our angels... Do you know that you, you've, you've had angels commissioned to serve you? Amen. The Bible says that our angel always beholds the face of the Father. We, we call it a guardian angel. And, uh, you know, these angels excel in strength. They may have a bodily form. But you got to understand that they're spiritual beings, yeah. and they excel in strength, and they can do mighty things. Now, yeah. yeah. you know, some of these things that these movies portray these superheroes doing, well, that's all fantasy and fiction, but our angels aren't. Yeah. I told you that story where I was on a, a piece of equipment that was rolling off of a hill, and I was about to go off a, a drop-off, and... I'm assuming that would have either bust me up real bad or killed me. And the back end of this, this uh, excavator was going off this edge and the tracks were like a, a foot, foot and a half off and continuing to go that way. And I said, Jesus! And all of a sudden, boom, Oh, stopped. Amen. Uh, I, you know, I didn't see the angel. I didn't talk to him. But I can't think of any other explanation. Some of you can tell stories when you're in a car. And I've heard stories of cars, you know, crossing over the other lanes and coming right at, at somebody, and they say, Jesus. And then all of a sudden, where'd that car go? Yep. Yep. Amen. So look over here at our servants in Hebrews 1. You know, we need to keep our... Well, we don't want to keep them too busy, but, you know... Um, Hebrews chapter 1... And let's go down to uh, verse 13. And because of those lights in the back, I can't always see what time it is. Okay, this will be a good place to unhook. Hebrews chapter 1. You got a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, baby. Hebrews chapter 1. Uh, go down to verse 13. Hebrews 1.13. Now, in, in talking about, now let's go up, it says, but to which of the angels? So angels are the subject here at the end of this, this chapter. So to which of the angels did God say to them at any time, sit on my right hand? Now, this is pretty powerful. He's actually telling you and I what position he's given us as opposed to giving it to his angels. He's saying, did you notice that I don't have the angel sitting at my right hand? Now, you understand that the right hand of God is the, is the power position of the throne. The right hand of God is where the whole universe is controlled. When Jesus sat down after his resurrection, where did he sit? At the right hand of God. And do you realize that because you're in Christ, and because you were raised up together with him, you also have been made to sit at God's own right hand, positionally speaking, legally speaking, right now, you, as far as authority is is in, uh, as far as authority is concerned, you right now are seated at the right hand of God. It tells us in Ephesians that we've been made to sit with Christ at his own right hand. That's why your prayers avail much. That's why that name you've been given avails much, because you're at the right hand of God. You're in Christ. Your spirit may be down here on the earth in your body, but your authority that you release from earth is resident in heaven and at the right hand of God itself. Amen. So he's telling the angels, I want you to know your place. I didn't sit you at my my own right hand. I put Jesus there, and I put the body of Christ there. So you're just a servant. Apparently, the devil didn't get that memo, and he rebelled. So he's, he's putting the angels in place, but he's also telling us that angels are under you. Amen. They're under you. Yes. They're your servants. Amen. They've been created to serve not only God, but to serve his family. Amen. And that's why you've been given an angel. So to which of these angels did he say, sit at my right hand? He didn't. And which of them did I say, I'll make your enemies thy footstool? He didn't. He did that for Jesus and for you and I. Amen. Then he begins to give them their job description and to reveal to us what their job description is. Verse 14, he says, are not all, are, are they, the angels, not all, what are they? Ministering Spirits. What are they? They are eternal spirits that minister. They are servants. Well, who are they going to serve? Well, they've been sent forth to minister for them. For them. Who? For them. Who shall be heirs salvation well guess what baby you and I are the heirs of salvation and God has given us angels and they serve us well I want to know I want to know how they serve us let's close with this Psalm 103 kind of sounds like a radio station we're turned into the big Psalm 103 Psalm 103. You want to know how you get your angels to serve you? Well, I guess no one said yes. I guess we'll close then. You want to to know how to get your angels to serve you? Well, then open up to the big Psalm 103. Go down to Let's look at verse 19 and 20. It says that the Lord hath prepared his throne. Where is it? It's in the heavens. And it says that his kingdom ruleth over all. Verse 20. Bless the Lord. Ye, his angels. So, we we see one responsibility that the angels are to worship God and say that these angels excel in strength. They're not just strong, they excel in strength. They're actually superheroes, naturally speaking. Right? How did Superman get all his strength? Well, he came from another planet, right? And then down here in the earth, he could do things because he's in a different environment. Right? Well, guess what? The angels are from heaven. (laughs) And they're a lot stronger from there. So when they come down into this natural environment, they can do things that, that just are profound and supernatural. Supernatural. So they excel in strength that do His commandments. So God's angels that He has given to us, they do His commandments because they are hearkening or listening to. What are they listening to? The voice of His word. So when I put the word of God in my heart and I speak that word out of my mouth, my angel hears that word. It's the word from God. And they bring it to pass. That's why Jesus said that while I'm on the earth, you'll see the angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Why are they ascending and descending? Because every time Jesus spoke the word of God from his mouth, his angels went up and got it from heaven and brought it down to earth. Amen. Amen. So when I said, Jesus, I spoke the name above every name. And that angel saw me And stop that excavator from going off the edge. Just like he does for you. Just understand that every time you speak the word, your angel says, okay, I'm out of here. Goes up to heaven, grabs that provision, and brings it back to you on earth. Amen? So, Father, we thank you tonight for all that you've shown us. We thank you for the truth that's in your word. I thank you that it's brought strength, it's brought faith, it's brought encouragement. And it's also brought direction through understanding to our path and to our walk. We're we're so glad that that, that we are in your family. Thank you for giving us Jesus. I, I thank you that because we've called upon his name, he lives in our heart. And now we're one with you. Thank you for helping us to grow through hearing your word, and thank you for the blessing of Abraham. It's upon us that we are redeemed from sin and his influence, that we are redeemed from sickness, and we are redeemed from poverty. Therefore, we have life, health, and a full supply. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said? So be it. Amen.